Welcome to this online act of worship at St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're joining us. Do please leave a comment or a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find information about how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. There is great gain in godliness with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. The Lord be with you. Welcome everyone to our choral Eucharist on this the 15th Sunday after Trinity. It's wonderful that you can join us. Today is also our annual Inspire service when we invite back all the wider members of the St Bride's family to join us in a service of celebration for our life as a community of faith. 
a community that has existed over so many centuries here. We begin now with an opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour, in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
God, who in generous mercy sent the Holy Spirit upon your church in the burning fire of your love, grant that your people may be fervent in the fellowship of the gospel, that, always abiding in you, they may be found steadfast in faith and active in service. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Amos. Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, Woe to those who are at ease in Zion, and to those who feel secure on the mountain of Samaria, the notable men of the first of the nations, to whom the house of Israel come. Woe to those who lie upon beds of ivory, and stretch themselves upon their couches, and eat lambs from the flock, and calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp, and, like David, invent for themselves instruments of music, who drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with the finest oils, but are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, they shall now be the first of those to go into exile, and the revelry of those who stretch themselves shall pass away. This is the word of the Lord.
A reading from the first letter to Timothy. There is great gain in godliness with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and hurtful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced their hearts with many pangs. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. Aim at righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this will be made manifest at the proper time by the blessed and only Sovereign, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who alone has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has ever seen or can see. To him be honour and eternal dominion. Amen. As for the rich in this world, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on certain riches, but on God, who richly furnishes us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good deeds, liberal and generous, thus laying up for themselves a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of the life, which is life indeed. This is the word of the Lord.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, full of sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things but now he is comforted here and you are in anguish and besides all this between us and you a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able and none may cross from there to us and he said and i beg you father to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Picture the scene. It was the first day of the new school year in, I think, about 1974, and I was a very badly behaved pupil in a very large comprehensive school, endeavouring to acquaint myself with the details of my new school timetable. In the process, I discovered to my unbounded joy and delight that the school had made an administrative error that I could definitely use to my advantage. My school was so large that it was quite common for several classes of the same subject to run in parallel, so you always had to check at the start of the year which particular group you had been assigned to. And when I came to look at the lists for PE classes, I was thrilled to discover that somehow 
they had managed to miss my name off altogether. I didn't appear on any of the lists. Now, I'm ashamed to admit that it didn't occur to me to inform any of my teachers of this problem. On the contrary, with much unholy glee, I realised that this omission would enable me to bunk off games for an entire year without any of the PE teachers being any the wiser because they would all naturally assume that I must be in one of the other groups. I could not believe my luck. So I spent an absolutely glorious time free from the misery of hockey and netball, and worst of all, being mud-caked cross-country running in the freezing cold. And instead, I would sidle down to the local shop to buy crisps and chocolate, or simply hide away in the loos reading a book, infinitely preferable. And during the whole of that time, not one of my teachers spotted that I was missing. Fast forward some months when, one morning, our form teacher issued us with a piece of paper listing all the subjects on our curriculum, next to which we had to insert the name of the teacher we'd had for that particular subject. This was so that our head of year could collate our school reports. I, I encountered that form with a sense of mounting dread because of course, I didn't actually have a PE teacher. But I couldn't leave that particular box blank because that would simply draw attention to the omission. I toyed with the idea of writing something illegible, but I knew that wouldn't do either. That would simply buy me a bit of time, but not much. So in a moment of absolute panic, I did the only thing that I could think of doing, which I immediately recognized was the worst possible thing to do, because I wrote down the name of the head of PE, the redoubtable Mrs. Trevina, in my box. I just couldn't think of anything else to do. But I could scarcely believe that I had just voluntarily outed myself to the head of department of all people, because she was not stupid, far from it. She knew perfectly well that she hadn't been teaching me, so she would go and consult the lists and discover immediately what had happened. My next few days were absolute hell, as every morning after another sleepless night, I arrived at school fully expecting to be summoned to the office of the head teacher in order to receive some kind of blood-curdling punishment, possibly even expulsion. And of course, that would be before my parents got wind of it. On one occasion, I encountered Mrs. Trevina in a corridor before I had time to hide behind a pillar. She looked at me over her glasses with what I can only describe as a very knowing and steely look. My own misery was abject. But rather to my surprise, nothing really happened. There was no summons to see the head teacher or even the head of PE. However, I was still awaiting with trepidation, bordering on sheer terror, the eventual arrival of my school report. When it did finally appear, my school report was, in general, fairly predictable. The general gist was very able but bone idle. I tentatively turned the pages of the report 
until I found the one that I was dreading. And there it was, my games report written by the head of PE. And I can tell you exactly what it said because her words are scored on my heart. It comprised just two short sentences which went as follows. And I quote, I haven't seen a great deal of Alison this year, which was certainly true. Some conformity in her PE kit would be appreciated. In other words, she hadn't seen me in it at all. I could have wept with relief and gratitude, but I was also extremely perplexed. I knew perfectly well that I had behaved very, very badly and that I fully deserved whatever punishment was coming my way. My head of PE had absolutely no reason to intervene in that way and rescue me. And yet she did. In the strangest of ways, it kind of felt as if she'd been there for me when I least deserved it. It, it was baffling. The next time I saw her in the corridor, I was brave enough to go up to her. Thank you, I'm so sorry, I began. But before I could continue, she simply looked at me with an extremely knowing look and said, yes, exactly. She didn't need to say any more. The fact that she knew, and she knew that I knew that she knew, was enough. And actually, I was blown away by the whole experience because it was so unexpected. That little incident actually had a very significant and lasting effect upon me. I've certainly never forgotten it. Indeed, when later on I came to encounter concepts of judgment and forgiveness and grace in Christian theology and the kind of, of love, of divine love that's robust and knowing and wise, in a funny kind of way, that little experience was one of my initial reference points, one of the ways in which I started to glimpse what all those big themes might mean. Now, at first sight, today's gospel reading, in which the, the rich man is emphatically not let off the hook and not given a second chance when facing an eternity of dreadful torment in the afterlife, might seem to be directly at odds with the theology of forgiveness and grace to which I've just referred. But we need to look rather more closely at the details of our parable today. Because the problem with the rich man in that story is not, as people often assume, that he's a heartless villain living a life of extravagance and excess, willfully ignoring the plight of Lazarus, the, the man starving at his gate. No, for us, the listeners, it's actually much more scary than that. Because at no point are we actually told that the rich man was mean and heartless at all. On the contrary, he was probably a thoroughly nice chap, comfortably off, who simply got on with his own life, minding his own business, looking after his family, keeping himself to himself. But it was that that was the problem. Because the rich man knew perfectly well that the starving Lazarus was there at his gate. He even knew his name. But I suspect that it simply didn't occur to him that Lazarus being at his gate was anything to do with him. And if that is the case, then this parable suddenly starts to become really scary. 
because the rich man is utterly oblivious of the fact that he needs forgiveness and grace because he's completely unaware of the fact that he's done anything wrong. If offered forgiveness, he would probably have declined it, rather put out. It was his blindness that is the problem. And the one thing above all else that can create that kind of blindness is wealth. Because wealth cushions us from reality. Wealth can distract us from the problems of life while at the same time creating a spiritual problem of immense magnitude for ourselves. Wealth can cut us off from our fellow human beings. It can cut us off from God. It can cut us off from the needs of our precious planet. It can, without us realising it, create within us a misguided sense of entitlement, a subconscious sense that if we're doing all right, it must be because we're specially favoured in some way. We must deserve it. And there's a kind of laziness and self-obsession there that we fall into at our peril. You can't be forgiven if you can't see your need for forgiveness, as the rich man discovered to his cost. But in response to that, we can begin to recognise the importance of our life as a community of faith, as we journey together here, Sunday by Sunday, on our shared spiritual journey. A journey of engagement with God, our creator, redeemer and sustainer. When we join here together, we can remind ourselves that we travel together in our life of discipleship. We can recognise that we are all in need of forgiveness and grace, that we are accountable for how we use the precious gift of life that is ours for this all too brief time. And here at St Bride's, we're also part of the community of the faithful that has existed across many, many centuries. Our roots here are deep. Our heritage is a long and a lasting one, one that has truly stood the test of time. So, thank you. Thank you for being part of this shared journey. Thank you for all that you contribute to our life by your presence, by your prayers, by supporting us financially and with your time in many cases. Because it is we who together as a community of faith make St Bride's what it is as we continue to grow as a place of healing and hope and as a community of love and service. Thank you for that and thanks be to God for that. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Christ. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit, 
and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Lord of the morning, we gather together in this service of thanksgiving and celebration to mark the occasion of Inspire Sunday. We give thanks for those who have built and restored St. Bride's through the centuries and where we now follow in their footsteps and ask you to hear the prayers we offer. God of love, we thank you for the life of Queen Elizabeth II, for her service to our nation and the Commonwealth, and for her faith in you. We pray for members of the royal family in their time of loss and sorrow. Give to His Majesty King Charles III wisdom and faith in the service of his people of this land. Grant that his reign may be one of faithful service and a source of hope and inspiration to all. We pray for Alison, our rector, Jeff and Steve, our associate priests, and for our friends and family. Watch over those who are separated from us and keep them safe. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Lord of all, you summoned this world into existence, brought order out of chaos and beauty out of the formless. This word is the light by which our journey is illuminated, the light by which we see the beauty of this world, and the light we pass to those who would join us, travelling in the joy of your company. Father of hope and love, we pray for all who hold positions of responsibility and leadership, both nationally and internationally. We think of the people of Ukraine, Bring harmony where there is hostility, relief where there is suffering, and hope where there is despair. May he who makes peace in high places make peace for all on earth. We pay tribute to the men and women, past and present, serving in our armed services who protect our freedom, and for those working in the local and national media. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. We bring to your care all who are unhappy or lonely, who feel unloved and isolated, those whose lives are shattered and broken. May your love through us reach those in need and give them renewed hope for the future. Healing God, 
Be with all who are unwell or suffering. Give peace to the anxious, courage to the fearful, and rest to the weary. God of the Spirits, we remember now those we have loved who have reached the end of their earthly life. On some solemn shore beyond the spheres of grief, dear family and friends shall meet once more. In a moment of quietness, we bring before you all who are in need of our prayers and those who have no one to pray for them. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Lord of seed time and harvest, thank you for the seasons of our lives, this season of autumn, the calm and serenity of a cool moonlight night, misty mornings, the beauty of the woods and fields in autumn's golden glow. May we find the countless treasures scattered throughout this day and season and the love that created them expressed through our lives and be a blessing to others, now and always. Merciful Father, accept, accept these prayers for the, for the sake, sake of your, your Son, our, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this, our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving. We do not presume.
to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. Keep, O Lord, your church with your perpetual mercy. And because without you our human frailty cannot but fall, keep us ever by your help from all things hurtful and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.